The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 392 of the Spanish Announce Table. Next week, Tom, will be the nine-year anniversary of the Spanish Announce Table. And then in eight weeks, you can do the math. Episode yeah. 400. Oh! Wow! That's yep. fun! Cool. 393 plus 8 400. Yeah. Oh. Well, 392 plus 8. Yeah. 392! Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, 393, 9 years, but from now, in 8 weeks, 400. Right. Wow! Wow, Tim! It's a long time. It is a long time. Long time of knowing we, you. We have lived many lives in these nine years. I tell you what, ups and downs, primarily up because look at us. Yeah, I mean, right? we're fucking yeah. killing it at life. Right. Um, so yeah, thanks for being a part of the ride. You're welcome. And uh, Tim, it was another fun week of pro wrestling. You want to talk about all the fun happenings and the only promotion on national TV that we actually <laughs> yes. like? Yeah. So look, you know, we don't necessarily like a lot of the product and a lot of the folks leading the other, you know, main company in, in the world. Oh, of you pro mean the, the organization led by a guy who allegedly raped a female referee in the 1980s and then has paid over $12 million in hush money for affairs outside of his marriage? That company? That's the one. Yes. Yeah, we don't like to talk about that company. Yeah. Call us tribalism, but we don't like to support bad people. Yeah. <gasps> so we are going to talk a lot about, we had AW Dynamite, which was Fighter Fest Night 3, I think we're calling it, right? Because mm -hmm. Rampage was 2. So Fighter Fest Night 3. Then we're going to talk about ROHEW's Death Before Dishonor coming up because that's yeah. happening. That's a thing, right? And this is going to be the first time we've previewed an ROH pay per view. So, yeah. right. Coming up on nine years, and here we go. We're previewing our first ever Ring of Honor yeah. pay-per-view. So we're always evolving. You think there'll be we're lights? always moving forward. Like I'm trying to adjust my lights right now. You think there'll be lights? Yes. Okay. Now, will there be a good production uh, team? Probably not, because as we saw at Fighter Fest week two, they still stink at producing wrestling television. Do. You miss the shots a lot of the times. But, Tim, if you're ready... Let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. Yeah. We're going to do what? All the Fighter right. Fest first, right? Fighter Fest week two started off with a blood feud, even though there's no blood except for the in their bodies. But it was Brody King from the House of Black taking on Darby Allen. And this was brutal. This was one way traffic, too. Now, you know, Darby Allen got his cannonball dive in, which I said on our Twitter at table show, we live tweet during dynamite and rampage. Uh, I think it's a top five move in pro wrestling. Now I know Tim, me and you, we're not like the moves guy, but as far as like captivating, you have to see, Oh shit, what's going to happen in person. Darby Allen's cannonball is right up there with the rest of them. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, you know, it's fun. The crowd gets behind it. It, it does, you know, it does the job. And it's reckless. It feels like he has no regard for his own safety, which is pretty remarkable in a theater like pro wrestling where you're going to get hurt doing something. You're going to have bumps and bruises after the match regardless. And so to do that move, it's pretty incredible. Uh, but other than that, as I mentioned, this was one-way traffic. Brody King uh, wore Darby Allen around like a hat 
he was just throwing them here, throwing them there. He did the little uh, how you beat Bowser in Mario, where you spin him around and throw him into something, except yeah. he threw him into the ropes. Right. Like, this was, and then he beat him. Then he beat him. That was pretty incredible. Brody King gets the victory. So before we talk about post-match, what do you think about Brody King getting a legit clean victory over Darby Allen? They're, yeah, they're giving Brody King some some publicity here lately as of late, aren't they? Like they're putting him out. And AEW's been known to do this, right? They'll put the non-traditional, you know, like we've got a number one guy and our number two guy and our number three through seven, and they're all going on the show and everybody else be damned, right? Like they like to mm-hmm. sprinkle in and give some credibility. And I like this because, I mean, look at the guy. That's and that just speaks – and that just speaks to, again, the depth of the AEW roster because someone like Brody King, who looks the part, he wins the award for getting off the bus looking scary, right? That after CM Punk and Adam Cole and one of the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega and all of these guys go down, you still have Brody King to be like, oh, okay, so we'll bring up the next man and uh, you're going to like him too. And he's like, yeah, I kind of do. So, uh, speaks again to the depth of their roster. So as mentioned, Brody King gets the victory over Darby Allen and then just picks his little ass up and chokes him again to bait Sting out. And Sting is like, oh, you are not hurting my adopted son. And he does his dad walk to the ring, gets in there, but then lights go out and the lights come back on and Sting already knows what's up and they're facing off Sting and Malachi Black. And this was pretty cool because it felt like the spooky guys having a stare down. Now, I want your opinion on this. As they're having their stare down, Brody King jumps Sting, puts him in a uh, standing rear naked choke, sleeper hold in the pro wrestling world. And Malachi Black spits the mist into Sting's face. And then Brody King, I think eventually uh, is what they were trying to tell us, chokes out Sting. So then he falls to the wayside, right? So before we move on, I want to know, typically with, with the mist, when you get hit with the mist, something has now happened different for you, right? You're right. Pac, even though he's a bastard, he did the blind thing. He becomes more like he actually doubled down on what he already was. You know, uh, you had Pinta go to Pinta Oscuro, and now he's more like a, a demon kind of yep. uh, version of himself. Julia Hart just fucking said, see ya, uh, Varsity Blondes. I'm going with them. So do you think we see some new version or the next chapter of Sting? I think you have to. I think that's the only reason at this point that they do it, right? Even the Redeemer Miro, which we'll talk about uh, yeah. in a second, does that as he comes out after this match. And he's got sunglasses, one dark tinted, one yellow tinted, which would indicate something's up with that eye right like right and and you know he even cut that promo where he was like talking to god about like did you did you put them in my way for me to destroy them or to join them and and this is interesting right this is going to get real cool so i think with sting specifically before we get to miro i think at best we are going to get a brand new chapter of sting after 25 30 years of him being on our television as a pro wrestler right i hope that's what happens at worst and something i kind of fear because he mentioned it in his wwe hall of fame speech 
I'm hoping we don't get Joker Sting. Remember Joker Sting from TNA or Impact Wrestling now? I'm hoping we don't get I'm a bad version of Heath Ledger from Batman playing the Joker, right? It can't be that. I think I was on mute. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. I Look, I didn't mind the Joker Sting when we got the Joker Sting because it was something new out of Sting. Right. It quickly got old, but it, yes. right when it came out, it was new. But it just, like, yeah, I don't know. That over-the-top, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of over-the-topness in AEW and humor and, and fun stuff, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's going to come off right with 60-year-old Sting doing this here. But I could I just, I could. yeah, I just think with Sting, Surfer Sting was original. Now, Surfer Sting was kind of, hey, d- that guy kind of looks like the ultimate warrior who kind of like looks like the Legion of Doom. You know what I mean? But it was still Sting. Sting had unique personalities that set him apart from the other guys, but he was a buff dude with face paint on, right? But then he does essentially just a crow ripoff. It was badass. It was cool. But we all know what we were watching. It was the crow in pro wrestling called Sting. When he did the TNA version of Sting the Joker, I I applauded him for taking a chance, especially at that part of his career, to do something new. I just wish it wasn't another ripoff, right? If he was putting an original spin on being psychotic Sting and not just going, I'm Heath Ledger, like that's the part that I would change. So if he does do Joker Sting, let's not, let's not make it just a straight ripoff of why so serious in the red things like that like, yeah let's do something more original and shout out to theo x 75 on the twitch chat which by the way if you're listening back to this or watching later uh we do this live thursday nights at about 7 30 ish p.m mm-hmm. central standard time uh, god's favorite one time true time zone, zone. and uh you know you can chat with us live like theo's doing here and he says joker sting was awful that made me stop watching TNA. And I mean, I don't remember watching TNA much after that. I'll give him, I'll give him his credit. Yeah, there. that's true. I, I just think, again, if it wasn't such a direct ripoff of something so recent, it wouldn't have been that bad. But again, let's just try to do something different. Now, that again, that's on the worst side, worst scenario. I, I hope on the best side, we're getting maybe vicious, you know, tapping into like, the devil type of sting personality that he has to where maybe we create a rift between him and Darby Allen. Maybe this is the point where they start to separate because pro wrestling tropes, no matter how long you're standing next to someone, eventually those two people are going to fight each other. So you think that that's going to happen here. This could be the catalyst that starts that feud going. So we'll see. Now you mentioned Miro shows up. Different different color glasses. It looks to be that he has something, either a patch or some type of covering over that eye that got the majority of the mist. But he doesn't do anything. He doesn't clear the ring. He doesn't necessarily stop the House of Black. The House of Black just does a double take to say, what side of the tracks are you on? Are you going to come to fight or are you coming to join? So they just do a stare down. So what do you think happens here? Where, where are we going, Tim? Yeah, that one interested me a little bit because it did feel like maybe we should have got a little more, right? Like, we just didn't quite get enough, right? Like, it's kind of that, was it just a stare down? Is he going to beat him up? Is he going to join with him? But it kind of looked like Malachi thought, yeah, he's on our side. Then maybe that's enough. 
maybe that's enough to move us on to the next week. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested. Next week should be fun. Uh, we're doing Fight for the Fallen, another uh, named Dynamite episode. So we'll see how that uh, unfolds. I, I hope that we get the next chapter in Miro versus House of Black or Miro joins House of Black. We shall see. So let's keep it moving here. Uh, backstage, Ricky Starks does a promo where he says, open challenge, FTR championship, open challenge. And then some, again, create a wrestler number five walks up named Cole Carter with uh, yeah. a K. He was creator like wrestler. You know, he was, yeah, he was like pre NXT Austin theory level. Like who is yeah. this guy? <laughs> oh, pre evolved yeah. Austin right. theory level. Yeah. yeah. This um, was early so prototype yeah. John Cena looking guy out here. Definitely. There you go. Yep. So he answers the challenge. So later on in the night, we're going to get that match Cole Carter versus Ricky Starks. And we'll talk about that here in a moment, but let's get back into the ring well, before Our we do that match of the night. Okay. We got to go to the YouTube chat. Oh, Adam Pearson says, hello from hey! NYC. You bloody hey! legends. Yeah. This makes the whole night hey! worth it to know that Adam Pearson is watching us as we simul stream live on YouTube, Twitch and Twitter. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. That's great, Adam. Man, hey Adam. Before we get back into uh, Fighter Fest Week Two, sidebar real quick, Adam. I really hoped to see you on my honeymoon. I'm sorry we didn't have that much time in London. Uh, we're hoping to go again, so maybe then we can link up and finally meet in person. But Adam, you're the best. He's filming a show out there mm -hmm. in New York because he's famous. He is famous. So, Look He's at like, him. what would you say? Is he like three thousand times as famous as us? Yeah, Probably more and than look that. Look at him cutting it up with Probably the with that. the peasants and the poors on YouTube. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> I know. Appreciate you. He's a swell guy, by the by he the way. He is such a swell guy. Uh, All right, so now yes, let's get back back into... into the Fighter Fest Night Three AEW Dynamite. Night Three Week Two. <laughs> night Three Week Two. It's all the fun stuff. Yeah, but we get a very interesting match. This is. Another quick sidebar before we get into it. This felt like another AEW Dynamite episode where we got like back focused on AEW. We got done with the Forbidden Door stuff and all these like side quests and stuff. It felt like, okay, we did all that. Now let's get to a match really that's been in the works. It feels like since Will or Yuta joined Blackpool Combat Club. And so now we get the payoff. We get best friends taking on John Moxley and Will or Yuta. And best friends, besides their feud and kind of during that sweet spot, and it wasn't sweet, but during that like really golden era of their pandemic shows where it was like uh, best friends versus Santana and Ortiz, best friends versus Miro and Kip Sabian. Outside of that, this felt like honestly their best match that I can recall, and especially this year. So what did you think about this tag team match? Yeah, this was good. I, I didn't have any belief that best friends were going to win there, but I, I mean, I like the best friends every time I see them. And I mean, it fit well with the style of wrestling that Mox and, and Wheeler Uter are trying to do. And I mean, yeah, I know we're all in on trying to make this Uta guy a thing, but I'm just not. And he was, you know, but yeah. did you, yeah, they were, know. they were booing the best friends. They did the yay boo spot and were booing Trent, which yeah. I thought was interesting. I thought this was really good because it showed the intensity from the best friends that I think has been lacking because they've been doing a little bit too much 
of the slapstick. Again, last week when Orange Cassidy was taking on Wardlow, they get a chainsaw to help Orange Cassidy in a match with Wardlow. So that was fun, but you can't do that in this kind of a match, right? You have to have that intensity. And when they do that pile driver, roll them up into the next pile driver on Willer Yuta, I thought that was incredible. Uh, Chuck Taylor to grab Yuta and just throw him into the guardrail before they went into a commercial. That was good. They took it to John Moxley, who again is our interim AEW champion. I really enjoyed this match. And my favorite part about it was Willer Yuta, I believe gets the pin on Chuck Taylor. Could have been Trent, but I believe it was Chuck Taylor. And on commentary was William Regal and also Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy doesn't say anything except for like, yeah, I don't know, right? But at the very end, Yuta gets the pin on Chuck Taylor. And before Orange Cassidy takes off his headphones, he goes, Chuck taught him that. Yeah. And just throws the headphones off and leaves. I thought that was a great. So good. Spot. Great touch with Orange Cassidy in that too. Um, And I mean, that's how you would feel too, right? Like in that spot, if you're Orange Cassidy and you're like, this guy, Willie Yuta just screwed everybody over and the best friends. We try to give this guy everything. And then you see him win over you guys anyway and you're just like man you, i taught him that move jackass well, <laughs> you know what i mean like that that's how you of, feel that's exactly yeah, and that was kind feel. of the discussion that regal was having more or less with uh excalibur was you know the foundation was started for willie Yuta with the best friends but william regal's point was okay great but that's maxed out you have gone to the final level you can with the best friends if you want to become champion you have to join with us because we are champions learn from the best. Right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. The, the conversation they were having. And then for that whole conversation during the match to be kind of uh, pinned with an orange Cassidy saying like, Oh, well he's still using our stuff. So like suck it. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. He's still uh, not cool. Thought that was great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, back out to the chat universe out here on the youtube because we were talking about your honeymoon in london and my Mm -hmm. block strongest man says no poop my honeymoon back in the day was in london too plus a week in milan so you guys yeah we did jet setting you know what i mean i tell you hang out talk friends yeah we did london uh over to york i mean i can't tell you all the cities i mean i could but sure side point we basically did london and the rest of england Uh scotland ireland uh and northern ireland and then wales mm-hmm. so that was a whole nine day trip and next time if you were trying to hang out with adam pearson he may be too busy because as he said here he's filming a movie with sebastian stan but he'd rather hang out with us guys which i mean i i somewhat get of course i mean you know we are pretty cool well hey man if that's a standing invite just let us know where to be yeah we'll I'll come hang, hang out with, with sebastian stan i mean we'll hang out with <laughs> yeah, you and, yeah we'll hang out with yeah. you and uh yeah, yeah. Right. Hang Look out with that. you and old Seabiscuit over there. Yeah. I'll totally be down. Right. Isn't that his name? What is his name? Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Man, yeah. Sebastian Stan. Yeah. He's a Stan for Look, AEW. He's, he's second billing to Adam Pearson, I'm sure. So I know. To, yeah. Um, yeah. He, being Adam Pearson, said Orange Cassidy is such a great comedy wrestler, just the right amount of slapstick, yet intensity to be credible. And I agree. The way he uses comedy but still manages to, like, look credible in the ring is great. I mean, opponents help that, of course, but, like, the way he gets over his shtick without it feeling too much like a shtick is great. Uh, one other quick side note before we move on after that match. Uh, did you catch Daniel Garcia was watching on the backstage monitor, but acknowledged the the uh, camera that was watching him 
Yeah. So he's he's standing there and he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, these guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that yeah. finally, like the wrestler is self-aware. Like we broke the fourth wall to where he's studying Daniel Garcia because again, this Saturday, uh death before dishonor, they're gonna be fighting each other for the pure championship. But then he's like, So what are you doing? Like, I'm just watching this guy like get out of here. So I yeah, thought that was right. fun. So after the match, like I said. Blackpool Combat Club gets the victory. Then we go in the ring for an in-ring interview. And it seems like Swerve Strickland may have this connection that he's really hitting hard on Tony Khan. Because if you've been paying attention, anytime they go to like a major city, for example, when they went to Los Angeles, Swerve Strickland had some designer, and I'm not in the fashion world, so I don't remember who that was, but talking about a coat that that fashion designer made for Swerve Strickland. And then tonight, or last night in uh, Fighter Fest Week 2, Swerve Strickland talks about how Kevin Gates is here. If you know who Kevin Gates is, rap artist, two phones, he's fine. Uh, but also was he's West got Side two Gun. Phones. I got two shoes. Who yeah. gives a shit? <laughs> so, so uh, I, got, I got two phones? Yeah, me. Yeah. So this whole thing was essentially to get the payoff of Kevin Gates punches Tony Nese in the face, and then we get the cake in Smart Mark Sterling's face, and that's what it was. It's fine. It, I saw that it made on Twitter a lot of the hip hop uh, Twitter pages, Double uh, XL. Uh, I saw it made BETs. So like it got its appropriate, you know, recognition recognition from what it was supposed to do, right? Uh, what did you think? What, where did you come off with this? I mean, it was fine. You know, I think that's what it was for, right? It's going to get passed around to try to get some mainstream media attention. And it'll probably do that right in, in the right circles. And, and nobody though, like I, I can't take any rapper in wrestling serious ever since we got that heat dropped by Bo Ryder. It's just done. Bo Ryder. By the way, I don't know where it is on my uh, drop-down sheet here. Maybe I'll get to it here in a second, but let's just do it right now. We get next week a rap battle, AEW's first rap battle, where the ass boy, Austin Gunn, takes on Max Caster. Are you excited for this? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Austin Gunn, breaking kayfabe for a second, can actually put together some words and make a decent song. Max Caster, as we know, has bars that's out of this world. I tell you what, Tim, if they keep doing all these rappers with Kevin Gates and West Side Gun was there, next week we're doing a rap battle, you might have to dust off the microphone and Tommy Gunn's coming back into the battle rap area. We, I don't know. Tommy Tsunami? Tommy Tsunami might be out Two abs, T-Mac? I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. You keep, you keep poking the bear. That's heavy words. Come out of hibernation. That is heavy words. But I'm telling you, Max, Austin, Kevin, Westside, you don't want it. You don't want it. it. You know you don't want it. You don't want it. And 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 you know right? Like don't. You know that we know that you know, and so you know that we know that you know, and you know. Yeah. Everyone has families here. Let's not make awkward conversations and plans for the future that we don't want to make. Right. We don't want you to have yet. to answer to this in interviews for the rest yeah, of your right, career. Exactly. 
Yeah. You know, nobody wants Now that. let's get into back into the ring action. Uh, we get a squash match, which was fine. Hold on. Varsity. Hold on. Adam Pearson says Max Caster versus Bo Ryder. Book it, Tony. I'm, I mean, look, he's a free agent, I believe. Because I think he's with Liv Morgan, so he might still have like a producer role or something that I'm not aware of. But if Austin Gunn say this is how you book it, Adam, that's a great idea. This is how you book it, though. You do Austin Gunn does his one thing and it's fine. Max Caster just obliterates him, right? Austin Gunn starts to get shaky, doesn't know what to do, calls a timeout, which obviously can't, but calls the timeout and then goes back and grabs out. Bo Rida and Bo Rida comes out. He's like, Oh, you want this? And then Max Caster, you know, obliterates him too. But there you go. Bo Rida and Max Caster, the ultimate pro wrestling battle rap. Yeah. I, I love it. Love Great it. idea. Love it. All right. Love so it. now let's get back into the in ring action. We have the varsity blondes getting squashed by Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, of course. But the story is after the match, we get the return of Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy walks down to the ring with a chair in hand, goes face-to-face with Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus takes a sidestep, takes a look at Christian Cage. Jungle Boy chases Christian Cage into the crowd. That's the end of the segment. So here's my question to you, Tim. Yeah. You buying that Luchasaurus no, went baby It was all face? too easy. Right, that was all too easy. Christian is not so easily duped as we're to be led to believe, right? This is part of Christian's master plan. It, it is interesting because Luchasaurus did not follow Jungle Boy to get Christian. He just stood and was... Here's where we could go a different angle, which would be original, but, nay, but may not be the, the uh, payoff that we're looking for. What if Luchasaurus just says, here's the thing, white guys. I don't like either of you anymore. Jungle Boy, we're done. We had our fun. I want to be a single star. Christian, you have a receding hairline. You're, you're past your prime. It's time for the dinosaur to get some gold. And he just goes and bolts. What yeah. if that happens? I mean, I, I don't hate that either. I don't know why I had to insult Jungle Boy and Christian there, but you get what I'm saying. Luchasaurus just says, I'm out of this. I think, though, yes, I think Luchasaurus is is baiting Jungle Boy into a false sense of security. And then Christian and Luchasaurus uh, give the old how's your father to Jungle Boy when he's least expecting it. All right, here we go. Let's get into what was next. Oh, we get that open challenge for the FTW championship. Creator Wrestler 7 taking on absolute Ricky Starks. And this was good. Everything here was, you know, fine. The the Creator Wrestler did his moves. That's as he should. Uh, Ricky Starks gets the victory. What did you think of the open challenge? The first week of the open challenge. So... Yeah, as far as like, you know, create a wrestler, uh, number five, uh, which I think uh, my block strongest man also said that was funny in the YouTube chat. Nice. Want to make sure Tom knows somebody thinks he's funny. Uh, yeah. for his self-esteem. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I, I like that he then is like, all right, tell with that. Let's do another open challenge right now. 
and then we get Dan Housen. And then we and get Ricky this... Starks being like, I didn't mean right now by like right now. <laughs> like I like that. As you start to kind of respond to that with the whole Dan Housen thing, too, I didn't get a graphic for this, but at Devil Vamp used a hashtag tweet the table, which you can do, too, also on Twitter. Use hashtag tweet the table. We'll read them here. He says, uh, I don't understand Ricky Starks. Please, someone explain him to me. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, I can. Uh, he's a part of men of the year, but they said he's a part of Team Taz. Yeah. But he is, he is Ethan Page a smaller version i mean he's this thing he's the looks good he's wearing the 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 choker style necklaces i mean he's great but he's not gritty in team taz and from the red hook section of new york all of these things so i don't know now here's the thing like you said post-match he says let's do another open challenge dan housing comes out Ah, no, I'm not doing it now. As the crowd boos because they weren't going to do it that, he's like, you could watch it next week. <laughs> he's like, I don't know why you guys hate that idea. Um, but here's where it happens, Tim. We talked about this, I believe, last week, maybe even the week before. This is what we've wanted. We're getting Hook versus Ricky Starks. Mm. That's where this is leading. We're putting Taz in a position that he doesn't want to be in because Danhausen's BFF is hook so i imagine when ricky starks takes on Danhausen, ricky starks is going to get the victory powerhouse hobbs is then going to get into the ring they're going to beat up on the nerd which is going to bring out hook because hook defends Danhausen. and then what the hell happens from there yeah and this is it man mm. is the bond that ties Hookhausen stronger than the family bloodline but this is where hook. we might get the best character work from taz since late ecw because what does he do he sides with his star pupil or his own blood and and hook and where does powerhouse hobbs go from there does he say i love team taz or does he say ricky starks is my best friend i'm going with him uh, the whole the the team of powerhouse hobbs and ricky starks works for me now like they've got a good chemistry together right oh, yeah. it doesn't fit yes. under the team taz moniker for any reason you know what i mean um mm -hmm. but like i i would worry about hobbs i think he's good right i think he's picked up a lot in his time in aew and he's a much more finished product than when we first started seeing him Definitely. um but I don't know. Like, is he ready for the Wardlow treatment? Is he ready for, you know? And speaking well, of that, Adam Pearson said Luchasaurus versus Wardlow somewhere down the line. And, man, I, I mean, that'd yes. be two big meaty men slapping meat. But, I yeah, do, like, is what are you going to do with Powerhouse Hobbs if right now we were like, all right, Ricky Starks blows yeah. out of Team Taz. Team Taz just kind of dissolves. Hook's going to do his own right. thing. Taz is going to do commentary. Yeah, so we got a lot of meat on the bone because what we can do – is next week this is how this is tmac story time impromptu right what we do next week danhausen versus ricky starks danhausen versus ricky starks which then again will have a payoff sooner rather than later that will be a little carrot down the road but he curses him ends up losing though uh, ricky starks gets the victory ricky starks doesn't like that danhausen would have the audacity to even challenge him so he starts putting the boots to him powerhouse hobbs he's like yeah this is fun let's just do that kick it kick it kick it kick it kicking right and then that brings hook out but no physicality 
all you see is Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. Like, yeah, let's kick this guy's ass. And hooks like, stop. And then you get the weird, like what you're siding with the dork. And then that's the end of the segment. Right. Look at this fucking guy, the dork. Yeah. You're siding with the guy with the face paint chest. He has teeth in his back pocket. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, he carries you know? around teeth. Like you yeah. always got to get and new so, teeth each week too, because he loses some, right? So that means he's actively getting teeth, right? Like so teeth then, on Amazon or something. It's weird. So then we go to side so note. Whenever we how does do it. like behind the curtain, Danhausen? Where is he getting the steady supply of teeth? But yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, they have to do that somewhere down the line. They have that to makes do DMD, sense, right? And Danhausen. Yes. DM Danhausen. DM Danhausen. One million percent. That's another story for another time. Oh. But again, whenever we choose to then follow oh, up on oh, We're the doing story, a team next story time on that somewhere down the line. Yes. But as AEW, they don't necessarily always just do the next story the next week, right? They'll do something different. Um, with that being said, when we do get to that, what we'll do is ricky starks well i think they should do it backstage i don't like the end ring promo if tony Schiavone's not there so i think it should be backstage ricky starks knocks on hook's locker hook's eating chips ricky starks and powers hops like what was that with with Danhausen? he's like that's my that's my friend you know and we hear like because he doesn't talk and they're like and then that's the end of the segment so then powerhouse hobbs is like hey Danhausen. I don't like the rift that you're causing between us and hook and all this dissension and team Taz kicking your ass. So then we get powerhouse Hobbs and Dan Housen. Dan Housen gets the victory. You know, powerhouse Hobbs slips on a banana peel. Dan Housen gets the victory. Ricky Starks is pissed. He goes in hook comes out again. is like, stop the shit. Leave this guy alone. So then Ricky Starks is saying, you have to show your allegiance. It's either us or him. And then hook, stands with Danhausen. So then at whatever the next big event is, whether it's a named dynamite or a pay-per-view, tag team match, Danhausen and Hook, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks. They go at each other. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks wins. Hook doesn't take the pinfall Danhausen does, but it's the first real loss for Hook, right? So we get that out of the way. Then they after they win, they're like come with us. And Hook says no. And then that brings Taz down. And he's like, what is going on here? And then Taz, this is what you do. Then you do what Luchasaurus did, but you have him turn and face Hook. And he sides with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. And you're like, what the fuck? And then Hook has to first get to Ricky Starks because he knows that's the asshole that's causing all of this. He has to wrestle Powerhouse Hobbs. You can do that a couple of times, right? Then you get to the ultimate boss, Ricky Starks. You make that a big dissension thing. Taz now is having a crisis of consciences. Conscience, you have him as a special guest referee. And then as always, because blood is thicker than water, Taz sides with his son. Hook gets the vic- victory. Ricky Starks goes off. Ricky Starks could then say, powerhouse Hobbs, where were you? You could go that route there. And then you get Taz back in commentary loving his son and hook then moves into the mid card against a scorpio sky or an ethan page uh, okay back to the chat on youtube and the spanish announce tables uh, official celebrity fan uh, adam pearson says dan Housen turns on hook i read that you ain't right no i mean you can call I think it would be the bad move for dan Housen, right and again I, dan Housen is in one of those i feel like steve austin moments where you know, like he can't turn heel right now, right? Like when Steve Austin is openly admitted, like when he turned heel, 
he shouldn't have because the crowd wasn't ready to boo him. I don't think the crowd is ready to boo Danhausen. Now, again, you could do a, a left turn and you could say Hook turns on Danhausen to stay with Team Taz, but I still think the money is Hook gets away from Team Taz, Team Taz dissolves, we all go our separate ways because as much as I like Team Taz and I like Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks and all that, they're always they're the they're a, like one step above a butcher and blade, right? Like they're always going to lose whatever tag match they're in if it's not against enhancement talent, right? So it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. I wish they didn't lose so much. Well, and let's talk about that real quick. Backstage segment, we get uh, John Silver and uh, Alex Reynolds. They're just talking fun stuff with Butcher and the Blade. And they're like, hey, we made you shirts. Look, it says Butch. (laughs) Butch looks at it. And they're like, Blade, Blade, don't worry about this. We got you a shirt too. It says Butch. But yeah, I love it. Like he even thinks it's supposed to say Blade. He's like, it says but oh, it says Butch too. <laughs> like, yeah, credit to like these two here, right? Uh, John Silver and I'm drawing a blank on Alex the Reynolds. Alex Reynolds. These two are the ones who had, I feel like, the most charisma out of. I know we've lost a couple members of the right of the Dork Order here, and but I think mm-hmm. these guys epitome it, right? Like they are. Yes. They are the dork best friends, right? The best friends are also not the coolest guys in the room, right? Like, they're a little comic book nerdy, right? But they're still cooler than, like, if we're establishing the levels of, like, cool guys in the room, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, so I, I don't mind that. If we're going to do a decent tag team run with these guys, I, I I don't know that, like, you're going to get them over to huge heights. I don't see, like, tag team title run for Silver and Reynolds. But the Butcher well, and the Blade are a good tag team to put anybody over. I just wish they didn't always have to do that. So what we got, though, is Butcher and Blade beat up John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Beat up Alex Reynolds so much to where he seems incapacitated. Hangman Adam Page runs in for the save. And then on Rampage this Friday night, we're going to get Hangman and John Silver taking on Butcher and the Blade. Yeah. So my question to you now is, seems like we're doubling down on Hangman Love's the dark order or maybe he doesn't what do you do there yeah i don't know i maybe it's time for hangman to to do wrong by the dark order i mean even if it's not a full heel turn but he does something wrong and we're all kind of like that was poor form dude right and everybody's kind of like bro and he's like oh shit man God damn it, I'm a bad person, right? Like, can we get back into that? You know, we talked about one of the, some of the best hangman is what was me looking, you know, for the solution to my problems at the bottom of a bottle, hangman. But I think what we do is steal a page from WCW and a person we mentioned earlier on, earlier on in this episode. I think maybe hangman messes up. John Silver has to take the pen. Hangman doesn't like this. But he's learned from his mistake that, like, the bottle is not where I need to go because that's just self-destruction. But I don't need to be around anyone. And then we get a cowboy version of Crow Sting where he's just on his horse and he only comes in to fucking help when Babyface in peril, Eddie Kingston, is getting ganged up on by the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's Hangman comes in for the save and then just so like we talked becomes, about the dark cowboy, right? That's what I'm saying. He becomes 
a cowboy version of the yeah. savior for a cowboy w. in black. Exactly. With a white horse. Yeah. Just now he starts riding it on a black horse. Well, but then when he becomes the hero, it's a white horse, right? He's the savior. Horse, right. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that's what we do because hangman is over and I love him. He's one of my top five currently uh, in AW, but similar to orange Cassidy, if you overexpose that character, then it's like, well, I don't, you know, Eddie Kingston's a guy that you can have on each and every week because his story is a snowball that just continues to roll. Hangman, Orange Cassidy, other talents like that are great in spots, right? Hey, you guys love us. Here it is. Now it's gone. Here it is. Now it's gone. And so I think that's what you do with Hangman is make him this Batman-like figure in AEW, but again, he's a cowboy version of it. And then we'll have the payoff later. I'll do another T-Max story time. But that's what I would do with from this. But we'll see. We shall see. Now, we go back into the ring for another interview. We get the AAA, New Japan, and Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, FTR. And I tell you what, FTR1, he cuts a good promo. But bald FTR2... He has the line of the night talks about his child who had a hole in her heart. Then she fights to make that hole disappear through hard work. And she's eight years old now. So FTR two is going to fight like an eight year old pulls in all the heartstrings gives all the claps. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, he said, I'm going to, and and even at devil vamp hashtag tweeted the table on this. He said, I'm going to fight like an eight year old girl and I'm going to beat your ass. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah. Um, Great line. You know, honestly, when he first started with it, I was like, all right, he's going to tell us a story about his kid, and they were probably sick, which you know, was a little, like, crass, right? As I started thinking, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm a bit of an asshole for thinking that, right? Like, sure, of course, right? Like, that's a sad story and whatever, but I was like, we're really going there. It sounded a little sticky. But then the line brought I was like, okay, now it was worth it, right? Right? Like, the, right. I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl, and I'm going to beat your ass. I was like, okay. Nah, yeah. Spot on. Now, so – Man, here's my question. Dax Harwood. That's him. Yeah. Is Dax and Cash, right? Fucking climb in the ranks here of some of the best, like, promos, some of the best in ring promos, some of the best in ring work we're seeing. Um, Dax Harwood, is he poised to kind of take a big jump here in the near future? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think that's premature. I think Dax can be the de facto leader of FTR, but I don't think like it's we're wearing FTR shirts. Get what I'm saying? I know that we like Dax, but we also like cash. We also like FTR one, right? He's doing his thing too. And he's gutting it out. If we, if you recall, he's the one that damn near lost his arm by falling on the turnbuckle. Well, that's it. Somehow there's more personality when it's the two of them, even though Dax is maybe doing the most of the talk and having the cooler lines. And the whatever, it's still like you're saying the the package of the whole thing, right? The the tag team, the yeah. FTR, the living legends, the top guys, all of that. Some of that fades away when it's just Dex, right? Like yeah, exactly. He's no longer the living legend, right? Because he wouldn't do that, right? He's not you know FTR anymore, right? He's not like if he steals the I'm the top guy line, like it'd be hard. It's harder to do it on your own, honestly. And Definitely. so yeah, I don't know if all of that's there with Dex Harwood as a singles guy at this moment, but man, he has done nothing but make me be like, Oh, he's the guy. Remember when we were talking way back in the day when they, when they were the revival 
and oh, yeah, the, the, the good brothers were there. We were like, oh, you get rid of the FTR and you keep the good brothers because they're the same. Yeah, they're same the thing. same thing. And now, poof, I haven't even heard of the good brothers. Like, are they still yeah, where are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. They're alive. Go check out a heartbeat. So here's my question out of this promo. Got two questions for you. One is more just a thought experiment. The other one is, do you know something I don't know? First one, I even asked you this off air, but the Briscoes are signed as full-time Ring of Honor talent. Tony Khan made that announcement on some interview. So that's that's knowledge, right? That is common knowledge. However, why have we never seen them on anything? I mean, you want to talk about believability. FTR has it, but so does the damn Briscoes. Like they yeah. live what they're talking. And so do you know anything that I don't as far as why the Briscoes yeah. aren't Hit on us up. Is Did one of these guys get me too and we didn't hear the news? Like, is there some something reason that they're persona non grata? Are they just, is one of them known to be hard to work with or something? Like, do we know, or we not know something that you know, let us know. Because you would think, look, they're featuring Wheeler Yuta as the TV champion. They're throwing in Jonathan yeah. Gresham occasionally. They're... Uh, you and know, as so why wouldn't you have the good the, them boys to, right and they're signed to full-time contracts for ring yeah, of honor for so like yeah so it's not like they're uh on a per appearance kind of pay so i just don't get it now the second question is and this is more of a thought experiment why is it because if, again let's as we go through this entire night i believe the <laughs> person that had the large uh largest pop individually was Eddie Kingston, but the biggest pop of all was FTR. I think FTR was the most over thing that walked out yeah, of that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So why don't in a position like this, where you have CM Punk out, Adam Cole, I've already named all the names, right? Position the tag team as your main attraction, right? We always yeah. have to say, Oh, it's Hogan or it's Reigns or it's Cena. Why can't it be a tag team? Why can't a tag team be the, I'm going to the wrestling show tonight to see FTR. Uh, back in the YouTube chat, winner of the best name, dead ass gave me diabetes. Says Briscoes have been working the lesser promotions, Impact, MLW, etc. But still, I mean, I, I, I put ROHEW in that in that group. You know what I mean? But um, like, but why? But you're saying that why wouldn't we feature them? They feature people from all these lesser promotions, namely New Japan. All right, never mind. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is you can't have Tony Khan, especially Tony Khan, with the money he has, says, "Hey, uh, Tuesday night or Thursday night that impacts on uh, uh, Access TV, we're paying the the Briscoes to not be on that show because they're going to be on Dynamite this week." Like that's the thing is like you know that he has the money to do that. He's paying for songs that he's using one time on random dynamite so to pay whoever the promotion is to bring the briscoes in for a one night promo i think would just be good business so i don't understand why they're not doing that but again my my question to you as i as i said is why can't we position the main attraction as the tag team why does it always have to just be this pro wrestling trope that it's the singular person that is the space the last the tag team to be like the main event was probably what the road warriors i mean who yeah, was the last but- tag team to be the biggest draw and man i mean you, why not why couldn't yeah. it be a feature of the show that like the main storyline is going through ftr i think that's where we should go especially now that they're in all these other and i'm gonna be going into the comic books kind of terms here for a second but like 
they're all they're in all these other universes, right? They're in the AAA, they're in New Japan, they're in Ring of Honor, they live in AEW. So like make them what Kenny Omega was for at that moment in time where it's they're the belt collectors. You know, again, don't call them that, but make them your feature story. I just don't know why we don't do that with tag teams. Yeah, I I mean, I don't necessarily get it either. Um, Adam Pearson says, about 18 months ago, I was on WrestleTalk, and I pitched that AEW do a tag team version of the G1. Now's a perfect time to do that. Hashtag T-Mac Truth. Yeah, right? Like, make, again, we're getting so, outstanding stellar promos from the tag team. Yeah. So it's not like they can't use the microphone. And obviously their matches are outstanding, so... I just don't get well, it. Well, I've said it several times. Like the one of the reasons when we rank our like uh, greatest match of the year or whatever, we we separate singles versus multi-person matches because right. with multi-person matches you have x amount of more pawns on the chessboard to utilize in storytelling. Regular tag team storylines are the same concept, right? Like we we're talking about how much we love storylines. It's going to be way easier to make a compelling storyline with four people than two. Exactly. It's just way There's easier. There's so much more you can <laughs> makes do. Makes no sense. You can do you can do the babyface heel like back in the day when it was Sting and Lex Luger where everyone would boo the shit out of Lex Luger but we all love Sting. You could do the dissension kind of storyline like Hangman and Kenny Omega. You can do the bonded brothers like FTR's doing currently right now. Like there's so much you could do. Speaking of tag team and Adam Pearson, if you were on Wrestle Talk, you have to be on the Spanish announce table. We got to make that happen. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, come what? on. You don't have to do it right now, but like, yeah, let's come make on. That I happen. know we haven't like invited you or anything, but come on. Yeah, <laughs> right. I we'll can, send the I official invitation in the yeah. <laughs> you you give us any kind of story. I can do anything oh. that that blonde headed guy can do. What's his name that does all the stories? I don't know. On uh, parts know. fun known. I only watch uh, us. I just put myself on replay and watch it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one. Like, look Thanks at that for guy. the view. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back into. Uh, the he says he accepts. Let's do it. I don't see that one. I don't yeah. want to see it. He says I accept. Okay. You're All right, we'll talk time, about huh? that off air. Yeah. We got we got other people. We'll have our we people have call to. your people. We're we'll our people, touch. but you know we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get in touch. <laughs> let's get back into the in ring action here. Uh, we get a a tag team match with the women here. We get uh, Willow. Ooh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a tweet table about that. <clears throat> okay. Uh, ooh, is this the one? You want me to uh, tell you the match first? Was this before the main event? Yeah, you want me to tell you the main yeah. event? Or well, you so at Devil Vamp first? says, hey, look, guys, the women before the main event. Imagine that. Laugh well, my ass off. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah. <laughs> Death, taxes, and squeeze all the women segments in right before the main event. Because even <laughs> before this tag team match, I just saw it uh, as I'm going through my notes, we had a backstage promo where we're going to get uh, – Thunder Rosa defending her championship and then they get interrupted by Britt Baker and Chris Statlander. So it looks like we're still going to do thunderstorm and Britt and crit and all this stuff. I like the thunderstorm tag team idea. If we're doing a women's tag team division, like I, it's more interesting than I like anything name. those two have done. I like the name, yeah. but I hate how they formed and it doesn't make any sense. And I don't like it. Thunder yeah, the Rose world cool champion be being a tag team with somebody is always a bit off. Like it's a weird well, story. The time. world, the world champion to be in a tag team with a girl she just beat, and that girl just being like, "Let's be friends." That makes no sense. We're all in a competition here. 
Uh, I'm not saying go after everyone's throat, but like, I'm not cool with you because you beat me for the thing I want. Anyhow, let's get in the ring now. Uh, so again, it was Athena and Willow Nightingale taking on Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan with Stokely Hathaway and checks notes, Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> what? Yeah. What's yeah, that? why not? You know? Why not? So, so deaf. It was, what the? Yeah. I like Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. Ex-husband of Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Made millions of songs yeah. that I've enjoyed. Yeah. In 2003. 2000, yeah, at best, right? Maybe even before that. Like, what the hell? That was the weirdest thing. Gotta I have, have something I for the old guys, Tom. Take. We're the old guys. Yeah, I know. So it still doesn't make sense. Next week is Jodeci. Oh, I know. Yeah, we got Joe to Casey and JoJo members. coming up after that. Yeah, then we got the remaining members of Boys to Men, you know, sing out fucking uh, yeah. Athena for a yeah. singles match. Right. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have Joe and Tank and uh, Montel yeah. Jordan coming Remember out. Lloyd Banks, we're gonna have him come. <laughs> oh yeah, Fifty yeah. Cent, G Unit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh God, what a great time in the world! Ludacris is going to be the main event. That's what he's, he's going to come out for the See, main Nelly event. Nelly was yeah, at uh, Power and Light like uh, last weekend. Or I something love like Nelly. That. He's Nelly. great. He's the. <laughs> I wonder best. if he still oh, rocks man. the Band-Aid. I hope he does. He <laughs> yeah. has to. Right? He has like, to. It's part of his one. image. Yeah. God, I remember playing football. Side note, I remember like playing Sting football. not wearing a shirt. Easy. <laughs> I remember playing football in high school, and I don't remember the high school. But I, the whole offensive line wore a Band-Aid like Nelly. Oh, my God. We'd laugh so hard. But it was 2003. So we're like, I mean, yeah, but, like, you guys are idiots. Oh, man. You know somebody looks back at, like, a team picture of that, and they're like, all right, I'm just going to put this at the back of the, of the photo <laughs> exactly. album again. <laughs> yeah, that's the bowl haircut of 2003. Don't put that one in the um, scrapbook, honey. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about this tag team match. Uh, Athena and Willow Nightingale taking on Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, as I mentioned. Uh I think Willow Nightingale is your next fun baby face in this whole division. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, she's got so much fire and charisma, and they're just not telling any good stories. Even this, they're attempting to tell some stories here with the Jade and the and the baddies, but then one of them, the one that they're trying to tell the story with, gets hurt. I mean, like, it, it's just not clicking. It's not connecting, which is weird because Jade Cargill was on fire up until this, right? We're kind of plateauing here, I think. So we need well, to transition I think we're on missing- to something else. I think we're missing the mark because Athena and Chris Statlander are not the good foil for Jade Cargill. Athena, look, Athena, even when she was Ember Moon, I I was saying this, I can't even remember who I was saying it to, but what I was saying is, you know, she's a little bit of like this dark mystery, like mysterious talent, but then she's kind of like a black stereotypical, like you ain't talking to me. But then she's a little bit of like a nerdy, hey guys, let's uh, let's talk about Spider-Man. And to me, if you're three things, you're nothing. Yeah. And that's why I don't give a shit about her. Now, they had the cool kick up spot. I want you to have depth. Well, it's just, but like. Yeah, there's no there's no theme here, right? There's no thing. Right. Um, Adam Pearson did say uh, in the chat, he says, this all ends in Pac-Man Jones being managed by LL Cool J. Which... Pac-Man Jones, former uh, TNA uh, tag team champion right. with Ron the Truth Killings. Right. Uh, but again, let's get back into this. Um, <laughs> with Athena, though, it, it's kind of like uh, in, in sports, again, football, American football, Adam Pearson. Um, the, the saying is, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And that's what I'm getting at here. It's like, if you don't have something I can sink my teeth into, 
I don't give a shit about you. Chris Statlander, I don't know why she had to sit this match out, but apparently uh, Leah Gray couldn't make it to the event, flight issues or something like that, which, hey, it sucks to fly right now, so I don't you know, hate on her for that. Um, but Willow Nightingale, as I talked about, uh, I think this is your 2022 version of Bailey. She has all the fun, cute, great things that Bailey had in NXT, except for now it's an AEW and she can actually like legit look like she can kick your ass. Cause when she does that cross body into a pin and she puts her fist underneath her chin and she's like smiling, like that's, uh, yeah, that's cute. That's great. Uh, so I think scrap Chris, Stant- Chris Statlander and Athena get them. First off, you shouldn't have hired Athena, but anyhow, uh, move them aside and let's do ROHEW. No, screw them. I'm saying don't even no. keep Statlander, get rid of Athena. But I'm saying you you pivot and you go Willow Nightingale versus Jade Cargill. That bitch versus hey friends, yeah. how we doing? Willow is a ball of energy. You want to cheer for this person? They seem, you know, what I mean, like it's polar opposites, yeah, right? They are energy in a, in a bottle, and I'm yeah, more of that, more of that. Absolutely. I think you know, I don't want it to get too stupid, but if you even played it up to where Jade Cargo goes, I'm that bitch. Willow Nightingale gets like, Oh, you said a bad word. Like mm-hmm. gets, well, what are we doing here? This children are watching right. Jade. Like, I think that's the route we go. And Athena again, go walk up the road. Cause I don't need to see you again. Um, go walk up the Kira road. Hogan. Also. I, I don't think Jade Cargill needs baddies anymore. I, I think we need Correct. to scrap that. Yeah. It worked Keep for a while. Hathaway. But it have yeah. the baddies go Keep, against her, start turning her face, maybe at this point. Yeah. But keep Stokely Hathaway, get rid of all that other nonsense because yeah, here's what I would uh, do, right? So you have the baddies and Stokely start turning on her. You start getting this face, you know, swell behind Jade Cargill. And then at some point when you have a heel women's champion, in comes Jade to be like I am that bitch, and now we can move her over into the into the main title. Do you know who causes the dissension? Because again, I just love this. You know who gets the ear of the baddies? I don't. Smart Mark Sterling. Smart Mark. He's Sterling. mad that Jade kicked him to the side. He's trying to get back at her. Here we go, and then we get Stokely Hathaway, Smart Mark Sterling promos, which again oh, is money. Like print the so money. Good. You so got it. Good. So anyhow. But uh, Jade wins because she always wins, as she should. Um, and that was the match. So now let's get to the main event. What we're all here to see. The barbed wire everywhere death match. Eddie Kingston taking on painmaker Chris Jericho. What did you think of this spectacle? Well, I didn't like what I'm going to reference here in this tweet from Devil Vamp. By the way, use hashtag tweet the table as you can see beneath me right now, and we'll read them here. He says they definitely changed JR's contract to only have him on for the last hour and an entrance on the show each week. I think it's a good idea. Hashtag tweet the table. And I think you're wrong. I don't. Uh, I think it's good that if you're going to use JR, let's limit him to. Yes, that part. The main yes. attraction types. Yes, but the he needs an entrance. We got two hours of television time. I don't need to hear that stupid ass Oklahoma song. Right. Yeah. Nobody's Get like, that oh, that song. Right. Like that. It's, this isn't Judas. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get Devil Vamp also saying the match didn't live up to the hype. Shark cages are dumb. 
and the ending was clunky and missteps felt like an indie show. Hashtag tweet the table. And yeah, the Shark Tank thing is dumb. I don't like it. And then we get the, you know, what happens with the Shark Tank. And I love how, uh, what is it, Antonio or whatever, he's just like, fuck this. He slides right through the thing because he's so skinny. Daniel Garcia? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Garcia did it too. Yeah, <laughs> both of them. They just so, like slid right out of that thing. They're like, "Fuck it." Well, because yeah, because you're, well, you're supposed spot. to. So, a lot of the... I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho did their part. Oh yeah, the the parts that featured those two wrestling, I thought were spectacular. They used the barbed wire in a way that wasn't grotesque but also showed like brutality. So I gave them a pluses for what they tried right now. Everything around that was shit. So here's a couple things that just suck. Stupid. Didn't like it all. One Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti should have been in the fucking cage. Cause they're in the Jericho appreciation society. That's strike one. Yeah, why were they... Why were they not in there? Strike two is because they weren't in there and Tay Conti comes down, why does Ruby Soho have the power of the fucking cage? Yeah. Give it to an official. Right. What makes her the beacon of truth to say like, oh, they can come down or they can't. So that didn't make sense. And then you do have Tay Conti come down to just have Anna J come down to turn heel. You could have bypassed all of that shit and just had Anna J figure out a way to grab the contraption, hit the button. Everyone goes, what are you doing? And then she reveals that she is the heel. Ruby Soho can come down. She punches her. Now she's joined. Hear me out. I even now, get if thing, you have though. Sammy in there, right? And even left Tay like in the back, technically, right? Because they're like, yeah, leave the leave the ladies at home, whatever, you know, show up a right. thing they want to say. And then yeah. she comes down, and then you get Anna Jay faking like she's going to stop her, but oops, haha, right? Even if you went that route, but the whole Sammy Guevara not being in it was weird. Yeah. And also, now it brings up interesting questions for Anna Jay because she's already in a group. That seems like they're baby faces. Guess not. So are we just, so last week we said dark order forever claws up negative one. That's my pal. And this week we're like, fuck them kids. Eh? Yeah. So fuck them. And then here's the other thing. This feud was based on Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Yeah. And it got so convoluted that the cage comes, Jericho's goons come down. So then that means Blackpool Combat Club and Ortiz come down. They're brawling, which isn't needed. The payoff is Eddie and Chris. But we got all this nonsense around. And then Sammy does the kick. Ha, ha, ha. But I guess and I still Jericho wins. Yeah, that's the thing I really don't understand is why does Jericho win this? Like, why does Jericho win this? In what way? This doesn't benefit the story. This doesn't nope. benefit either character. So why? Nope. Why? 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 The only thing I can think of is, and if you caught this uh, horrible detail that they fucked up on, is as Justin Roberts with that silly microphone, which I loved how Eddie used, but. If you caught how Justin Roberts introduced Chris Jericho, 
He said, the pain maker Chris Jericho is undefeated. Which one isn't true because Chris Jericho has lost matches. You could say, as this character, the pain maker, Chris Jericho has not lost a match. But you can't say the pain maker Chris one. Jericho is undefeated. Huh? Because he'd had Which one, is, right? Up until that point. Well, he did the Kenny Omega and all the New Japan stuff as the pain yeah, okay, maker. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, four. So the, oh, yeah. <laughs> so the only thing I could think of is Chris Jericho wants to keep the undefeated streak of Chris Jericho, the pain maker. Yeah, maybe we'll get a pay-per-view match that Eddie goes over on, maybe. So maybe we'll continue this. But what do they do next? I, what do you do next? Well, so let's talk about that clunky finish that uh that was just mentioned in that tweet. So because I believe, and I don't know the ins and outs of wrestling, I've never wrestled the match, so hashtag tweets table, call me an idiot, but it seemed to me that Sammy Guevara fucked up, and he was out of place and out of sync, and that messed up Chris Jericho, who then didn't know what to do, so then Eddie just pushes both of them and then grabs Jericho and just tosses them into a bed of barbed wire, yeah. which then he just sits there and he's like, well, I guess I'll go fishing now. Like, what the hell was the end? Yeah, I didn't like any of it. I didn't. Yeah, if like if you're if the goals have Eddie standing tall at the end, then why didn't he win the match? Just win the match. Just win the match. Even if yeah. it was like cheap, because then Jericho continued to be like, "You got lucky on me." You know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever. My well, guy, it, my guy, accidentally fucking fell into me and threw me into fucking thumbtacks and oops. Well, and even I think what the spot was supposed to be was Eddie and Chris are brawling. Chris Jericho goes for his Judas effect back elbow and hits Sammy Guevara instead of Eddie Kingston. And then Sammy Guevara is taken out. So then Eddie Kingston gets his revenge on Jericho. So so we, we thought enough to put the Jericho Appreciation Society in the shark cage, right? But like not all of them were in there. So then the shenanigans happen and they get out. Why wasn't Eddie Kingston and his goons aware of that too? Where are Santana Ortiz? Where are you know what I mean? Like why why is nobody there to help Eddie in this in this? And also, if you're gonna say that, well, hey, Sammy Guevara was injured from the toss off the cage, then last week you should have said Sammy Guevara's fucked up. He may never wrestle again, but you made no mention that Sammy was actually like devastated and like could be career threatening injured he just said oh man he fell off that cage and doesn't that suck and now we're supposed to be like and he's back two weeks later makes no sense like it's very poor thought process and again uh tony i know you're watching i can help pal it seems like you're overworked because you have good ideas but then the execution gets fuddled because I'm thinking that you have 30 other things that you're trying to accomplish at the same time. So just let me come in. I can help with these details. Well, he's got the he's got the football season coming up with the Jags. He's got the the Amer or the uh, English football season going on, so he's handling those responsibilities. Apparently, he's the only one writing AW. Well, I'm working through so a couple like, eight balls takes him some time. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, so it just, hey man, I can help. By the way, with the A-balls? check out. I can help. Hey, hey, I can help with whatever you got, Tony. Whatever you're paying for. <laughs> so, by the way, check out our TikTok. Is it at Table Show? It's Spanish Announce Table 
at Spanish Noun Spanish Noun Two. There you go. Uh, I did a quick. How would you bring back CM Punk? Check that out on the TikTok uh, and let me know what you think about my fantasy booking. Uh, at Adam Pearson here uh, in in the YouTube chat says that last, or he says that that last time something finished that badly, a woman broke up with me. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. Yeah. Been there, uh-huh. pal. Uh-huh. Been there. <laughs> so. That was AEW uh, Dynamite Fighter Fest Week 2. Next week, as I mentioned, we're going to get into Fight for the Fallen, which is, again, another Dynamite episode they put a lot of effort and thought into, so we'll see how that goes. But let's transition. Mm. As we mentioned earlier in the night, FTR cut that promo of the night, and FTR is going to be in some action uh, defending their ROH Tag Team Championships at death before dishonor yes. so let's talk about that r-o-h-e-w we are in a new era here of ring of honor led by tony khan who is aw focused primarily you would imagine right aw is the main stage here roh is like a pet project right i mean is how we all kind of view this and so mm-hmm. and it's i think the design is kind of continue roh as it was but putting whatever tony khan fixes he would put on it right so we're about to see what that is so i'm interested to see what that is what's the presentation like right do they stay true with some fixes some tweaks to the roh branding presentation kind of thing or do they go all new um excited to see that but we'll break down this card we'll go over it we may not know everything about these storylines but they've done a decent job on AEW of trying to highlight the majority of these at least in some regards so we'll go through it the pre-show we got allison k versus we talked about earlier willow nightingale and because of that, I think Willow wins this, right? We're going to get it's pre-show. We're going to get the crowd to get behind her. I mean, I, again, I don't know. Is Allison K a huge deal in ROH to the fans there? Is she like a well crowd favorite or anything? Well, let's remember Allison K is in a tag team over there in the NWA with good friend of the show, Marty Bell. Mm-hmm. So could we potentially see more? No, they lost uh, the championship. I'm sure but they got screwed could we, sure they got screwed. could we potentially see marty bell making an appearance and screwing over willow nightingale and then we get some more two-on-one roh storytelling marty bell on the show we we need to get adam pearson on the show we need to get marty bell on the show yeah marty likes us i we talked to her plenty of times um so i think so this is the match that i feel will be telling for the rest of the night the feeling i have going into this pay-per-view is are we just saying uh anyone legacy roh see ya and it's all aw talent that's winning or are we going to honor some of the recent history with people like gresham allison k and others winning some matches i think willow nightingale wins but i'm hoping that's not the trend of all aw right. talent yeah. just wins I, the I matches agree with you there but I do think Willow Nightingale wins. The next up match, I'm reading this off of cage side seats here. It's Thursday night, the 21st, so if anything changes, don't sue me. Sue T-Mac. The Righteous, the ROH six-man tag team champions, taking on, defending those titles against Dalton Castle and the boys, which I, it, I, it has to be Dalton Castle and the boys. It has to be Dalton Castle and the boys. <laughs> I like the 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 other team that you mentioned yeah. there. I've seen them a couple times. I don't not I'm not a a, a, a fanboy. I couldn't tell you the details of how they formed. I'm just saying the the limited amount of exposure I've seen of them. I liked Dalton Castle and the boys. I love. And this is who I feel bad for in the whole thing though. 
And maybe we see him because again, in recent ROH history, the person that was teaming with Dalton Castle was another friend of the show, Dax Draper. And so hopefully we see him. I don't know what he's doing right now. We're going to see him at Central, Central States here in a couple of weeks. But shame on you, be, Tom, for not knowing what Dak Draper is doing. Well, with Ring of Honor is what yes. I'm saying. No, you know, I know. Yeah. He gonna show yeah, up? because, I mean, back? he was getting decent publicity and, and TV time over there. And, I mean, he Dalton looks was a name. like a million dollars. Dak Draper gets the award for getting off the bus, right? Like, that dude. Yeah. Yes. That dude yeah. looks like he was sculpted, uh, you know by michelangelo out there so i mean i can't imagine somebody's not going to want to utilize him in this roh i would hope so so that's just a hope of mine but i do think dalton castle and the boys now again you could have one of the boys take the pinfall so that's how you could have it but i think you gotta go yeah yeah i mean we've seen dalton castle on AEW. the presentation the whole unique character so much more to work with than the righteous i mean as good as they are right yeah. All right. ROH Pure Championship. Wheeler Yuta defending against Daniel Garcia. Now, this might be a brutal, like, steal the show kind of match. What do you think? You go first on this one. I think we're going to stick with Yuta. I think Yuta's going to win, keep the title. I think so, too. But I think this is going to be the start of a couple in a series between the two of them. Mm, yeah. Like let's get a best I, of five out of these guys or something. Something. I think we're going to see something to the effect of Daniel Garcia playing up the, what you can't do this. Well, I'm a sports entertainer. We should be able to do it. Whatever that thing is, it costs them the match. Then Daniel Garcia gets refocused and is like, Hey, you're still just cosplaying as me. Let's do round two maybe do a two out of three falls, something like that. And then again, we're going to get a couple more matches out of this, but I think Yuta gets the first victory. All right. Following that, we get the ROH women's championship on the line. Champion Mercedes Martinez defending against a favorite of ours, Serena Deeb. And man, I I think Serena Deeb might come away with this one. I hope so. This is where when she went up against uh, Thunder Rosa, it was such a stupid, silly program yeah. that just felt underwhelming. Well, and the timing of where in Thunder Rosa's title run that was, I think we kind of knew this wasn't uh, yeah. going to be a Serena Deeb thing. But I think this is a moment, right? Like if you don't, if you don't add to the actual credibility that you keep saying about Serena Deeb, then then what yeah. are we doing? So I yeah, for those reasons, I agree with you. I got Serena Deeb. Yeah. All right. Then. The ROH television titles on the line. We've got champion Samoa Joe defending against Jay Lethal, who has his lackeys in tow. I, I just feel like Samoa Joe retains, right? I feel like both of these guys, either one can lose, either one can win. I mean, maybe we get Jay Lethal and we do that power trip of his trio going on. Might have more storytelling to do with that, but I just kind of feel like Joe retains because I don't know what else you can do with Joe unless maybe he's oh. going world title. Huh? That's what we're doing um and because of that jay lethal wins i think we'll still get a couple more matches out of this program eventually we're going to have that big bastard uh taking on samoa joe that's going to be somewhat of a payoff of what we've been building to where he debuted and beat up samoa joe so we're going to do that match i don't think this is going to be the end by by any stretch of the imagination imagination but jay lethal has to get the title so that samoa joe gets pissed and goes after him and we'll do uh Remember that Samoa Joe loses 
and then loses the program. So let's okay. keep it going. All right. Well, the ROH World Championship is on the line where champion Jonathan Gresham takes on a man twice his size, Claudio Castagnoli. And I feel like Claudio is probably here to just put Gresham over, right? Like make Gresham look like he's he's the top king. You think otherwise? You think we're having Claudio? You know why? To go up against Samoa Joe. That, that's where we go. Oh, the history of Ring of Honor. Oh, rivalry that's been 20 years in the making or whatever, how many years it's been. And that's the next pay-per-view. Again, Samoa Joe, I don't say he's going to lose that program, but after he leaves the Jay Lethal program, He's going to win a couple matches in a row. Claudio is going to be like, I need someone who's at my level. Samoa Joe enters the picture. Then we do the, these are Ring of Honor originals. What will happen when the legacy of Ring of Honor is reignited as Claudio Castanoli takes on Samoa Joe? And that's your next pay-per-view. So that's what we're getting. And Jonathan Grisham has has uh, Tully Blanchard, so it's not like he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Hell, they might do a triple threat, have jonathan gresham take the pin between the two of them uh but yeah claudio's gonna get the title call out who's who's at my level samoa joe is there's your ring of honors back look at what they're doing and then fuck i bet you samoa joe wins the damn thing and you know who we get in this time next year samoa joe versus cm punk for the ring of honor world championship wouldn't shock me that's playing the hits Playing the hits, grab the sticks and play the hits. You know what I mean? Play free bird. That's what we're doing with Ring of Honor. I mean, hey, you know, it might work. It might work. All right. Well, the final match we got on the card here: two out of three falls match for the ROH Tag Team Championships. The Briscoes taking on the champions, FTR. And I feel like, kind of, what you're saying here. Right, the legacy that is ROH. I think we get the Briscoe standing tall, dim boys holding dim titles at the end. Oh man, you think? I think because you've got FTR's got these other titles, right? Like, so the last time they faced off, FTR won. After the match, the Young Bucks came in and super kicked the Briscoes. We could have the Young Bucks back in Ring of Honor to screw with FTR because they're tired of hearing that FTR is the best in the world. They are. That's how it gets. There you go. Because, again, the Briscoes are too good to be paid to sit at home. And I know MLW and all that stuff. But, like, you can't just say we're paying you. You're someone we like to feature, but you can't be on our television program. That makes no sense. So they have to be somewhere to be in this organization. So yeah, making them the champs. And then, because everyone was upset that, not everyone, but I saw a lot of uh, reaction when the Young Bucks lost the championship, uh, tag team championships, that we were going to do the Young Bucks as AEW champs versus all the other champs, FTR, Clyde. And so I think maybe Tony Khan is like, well, shit, they really wanted that? All right, well then fuck it. We'll give it to them, but not with those titles. We'll just do it round three and they go for the triple a or new japan new japan titles is who they uh feud over because then the young bucks win that and then go over to tokyo and new with all the people that are the same size as them too sweet me bro 
<laughs> so I mean that's it. I mean it's a decent card. I like the card for this, and the builds they put into these seem decent. I mean like I I don't think you could ask for a whole. What lot are you more. looking for? What are you looking forward to the most? I'm really if interested in that say... Wheeler Yuta Daniel Garcia match, but most okay. I'm probably ready to see kind of what you're talking about. Do they put this? Do they have Claudio come in? You know, hot off of the like, you know, reemergence out of Cesaro back into Claudio Castagnoli, back to like run the territory, then yeah, I'm interested to see where that goes. And the FTR yeah. Briscoes. FTR Briscoes. The first match was up there for match of the year. So, you know, they have other tricks up their sleeves. So I wouldn't be shocked if they top that. So I think that's going to be match of the night. But yeah, moment of the night, I think will be something to the effect of Claudio stands tall. Fuck, even have who's another Ring of Honor type legacy person from AEW that they could bring down? Fucking Brian Danielson. Well, they're in the same group, but you know what I mean? Something like that happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then, unless you've got anything else, man, I think we'll just leave it from there and just tell you guys to get back with us next week. Uh, and so we can enjoy uh, more new friends. And what do you? Yeah. Thank you to everyone that joined uh, the live stream on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, and Twitter, right? We're on Twitter yep, as well. Yep. All of it. Thank you so much. Hashtag tweet the table. If you want to talk to us in long form, again, table show at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and we hope to hear from you next week. The Spanish announce table.